Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 154. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service you would like to share with the over 150,000 unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire receives every month consisting of passionate and engaged entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, and saw great results. If you would like to share your message with Fire Nation, go to sponsoreofire.com to find out more. That's sponsoreofire.com. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Kyle York. Kyle, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, sir, I am. All right. Kyle serves as Chief Revenue Officer at Dyn, spelled D-Y-N, a world-leading infrastructure as a service company where he drives overall sales, marketing, business development, and customer service efforts. York oversees the corporate branding strategy for Dyn and is responsible for its current positioning and rapid expansion into the enterprise DNS and email delivery markets. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Kyle, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me, John. My pleasure. So yeah, so my name is Kyle York, uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Dyn. Uh, we are an internet infrastructure company. So basically, the electricity and plumbing of the internet is the, where we specialize. So as much as you may not have heard of us at Dyn.com, uh, you've definitely heard of our customers. So we're powering... Uh, DNS is the domain name system, so domain name routing and cloud-based load balancing and email delivery services for you know companies ranging from you know Twitter to Netflix to Pandora to uh, Box uh, to CNBC and many in between. So we also have customers all over the world who have leveraged our DynDNS.com remote access service. Uh, we have about four and a half million users all around the world who've used that service since 1998 when it started as a hobby. And uh, we continue to, you know, round out and help create a category around what internet infrastructure is um, and really have grown the company significantly over the last few years. Powerful. Now, just take a couple seconds and tell us about you personally, Kyle. Yeah, so I'm 30 years old. Uh, I've been with Dyn about four years. Uh, I'm from New Hampshire, so our company's headquartered in Manchester, New Hampshire. I uh, grew up in the area. Actually, went to high school with uh, Dyn's CEO, Jeremy Hitchcock. Nice. Um, grew up playing football. Played four years of college football at Bentley uh, down in Waltham, Massachusetts. Um, majored in marketing. I married uh, my wife, Katie, who I met in marketing management class at Bentley. And we've got a five-month-old five son at home, Henry, uh, named after my grandfather, who will undoubtedly come up in this, uh, in this talk because he, he's a kind of business inspiration of mine. Powerful. We definitely will that. And I'm just really pumped to see the synergy that we already have. I'm calling you from Portland, Maine. I went to Providence College in Rhode Island. I mean, I love Match Vegas, and we're all up here in northern New England. So just really cool stuff. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And yeah, and the last thing I'll add is, you know, outside of Dyn, you know, a big part of the mission of, of Dyn is to create a technology ecosystem in and around New Hampshire and New England and try to not just have a technology cluster in, in the greater Boston area, but 
all of New England. And so I think throughout this talk, you'll hear that you know all the efforts we're doing around other startups and being advisors and kicking off side projects. And we really uh, foster that type of you know, startup entrepreneurial environment around us. And it's not just in the day job, but also everywhere else we can uh, influence. Mm, I look forward to hearing how I can support that as well. Awesome. So Kyle, we're going to transition now to our first real topic, and that's the success quote. It's kind of our way of getting the motivational ball rolling here at the top of the show. So what do you have for Fire Nation? Kick it off. Yeah, awesome. So I'm actually a huge, huge uh, believer in like motivational quotes, and I consistently am tweeting them from my uh, from my Twitter handle at, K- at kork20. Uh, nice. And, you know, really big into you know, and they're mostly themed around you know whether it's sports or business or you know f- lyrics from songs or movies. Uh, really big into kind of the trends and keeping up on that. So. One of the ones that I've been really thinking a lot lately about, um, just because of Dine's ridiculous growth, we're now 200 people. When I started here, we were about 20 wow. uh, years ago. So the, the growth has been just enormous. Um, and, and one that I've realized as we had to adapt and continue to grow the business is, is one of, you know, from Neil Young, where he says, I'd, I'd rather burn out than fade away. I love that quote because it really speaks to what we do as entrepreneurs on a day-to-day business and the heart and soul that we pour into our companies. So take it down to the ground level though, Kyle. This is about you, your journey as an entrepreneur. How have you applied this mantra to your everyday life to some point in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm, I'm famed around the office here uh, for, for uh, also tweeting with the hashtag hustle all the time. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of business is First of all, half of it I think is showing up, um, and then the other half is working hard. And you know, if you do those things and you put everything into every single day of your work, um, then you'll be successful. Uh, and if you're not going to work hard and you're not going to be able to find a passion in the work, uh, it's probably not worth doing. And you know, as a member of a fast growth company, uh, my role, especially as an executive, is ever changing. Uh, this isn't actually the job I signed up for when I started here. Responsible to try to go bring a bring a consumer grade uh, technology up market into the enterprise. So it's really been about you know that personal growth and self reflection. Um, and so when I think of that quote from Neil Young, you know, I'd rather burn out than fade away. Uh, it's really more about putting absolutely everything into every single day, whether that's, you know, home with family, whether that's with friends, whether that's, you know, in your career. Um, and the results will prove uh, very fruitful for you. And I love how you said half of it's just showing up. And that's such a key part that most people just don't get. I mean, that's where it all starts. And then you just have to bring it home. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think a big thing too is just like trying, if you can do a good job of blurring the lines between, you know, what's work, what's play, what's home, what's the office, you know, I think that's kind of the generation I'm a part of is is trying to operate more in shades of gray and, you know, where work is really almost like, well, what's your hobby? Well, I don't know. I, I work on the internet. I work with really cool companies and applications that I like to use myself. Uh, that's a pretty nice space to be. It's a very cool space and it's a great lead into our next topic, Kyle, which is failure, which are challenges or obstacles that as entrepreneurs, we always are facing in our journey and they can define us as entrepreneurs if we let them or they can propel us forward and just really push the envelope if we just really focus on making them make us better. So take us back to a time when you failed, Kyle, or when you just had a challenge or an obstacle that you had to dig deep and really strive hard to overcome. And then share with us how you did overcome that. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought about this one long and hard and there's just so many different things I could have talked about. Uh, But 
you know, I think one thing that just to kind of like set the stage for this answer is I grew up playing athletics. I was the middle son of five boys. Uh, so very competitive. Uh, my family owned a local sporting goods store here in Manchester, New Hampshire. So it was all about like that kind of like, you know, control your own destiny, entrepreneurial um, growth, but also competition. Right. When I played football, I played all the way from when I was nine years old, all the way up through 22 in college. I was a defensive back. And defensive backs are covering you know, the best wide receivers from the other team and trying to prevent the offense from scoring touchdowns. And one piece of advice that I got really early on was you need to have a very short-term memory to be a successful at playing defensive back in football because inevitably you're going to get scored on. And when you get scored on, you need to forget about it and you need to continue to march on. Um, and I think that that type of mindset around failure, the challenges, the obstacles that I've faced um, – makes all those failures or challenges very short-lived because of my ability to um, iterate very quickly um, and have a very short-term memory around what just happened. Uh, I, saw, I saw a quote the other day actually from Tom Brady, uh, who had a wonderful win yesterday, by the way. Oh, um, loved it. Loved it. He had a quote about basically um, he's able to prevent mistakes um, on the field because he's made them before. <laughs> and, right. Knowing the mistakes he's already made, he tries to eliminate them, and that's why he thinks he's getting better and better with age. Uh, and I found that kind of a really interesting opinion around, like, you know, being young in my career, like, what actually is experience or relevant experience? Is Because it, it, it's not age. You know, it's really about what you're doing every single day and how you're using that to learn. Um, so this one was kind of interesting. I kicked it around with Adam Coughlin, um, who kind of set up our talk today, uh, and who's actually a childhood friend of mine and who runs our media relations. So um, it kind of speaks to the, the culture of dying, working with friends and people you're close to. But we kicked this around. And, and one thing, a good story is when I first started dying, um, our CEO, Jeremy Hitchcock, who I mentioned earlier, um, told me and one of our sales reps, Brian Brady, um, that we needed to upgrade our customer, uh, Twitter, um, onto our enterprise platform, uh, but don't lose them. And, you know, that don't lose them really felt like if you do, you're fired or something. <laughs> and, you know, the history of Dime was really a, a bunch of guys at Worcester Polytech, you know, started the company more as a hobby, incorporated in 2001, you know, grew it up till 2007 more as a consumer SMB suite of technology services for that type of audience. And, and I was hired as this like almost more of an entrepreneurial type person who was tasked with basically taking this company to become, have an enterprise brand and go sell B2B. Um, so, you know, being told that right when I walked in the door was extremely scary. Um, so I, it was less of a failure and more of a, a challenge and a big obstacle because I actually knew, I, I didn't even barely know what the acronym for DNS was, uh, domain name system. Um, I, I was really intimidated by the technology we offered. And I was also intimidated by just being a new guy at a new place as I had been historically a kind of a, a revenue juicer at other SaaS companies. Um, so, you know, the kind of events that led up to this challenge were, you know, Twitter had signed with Dine when Evan Williams had an idea um, for, you know, spinning out of Odeo, uh, the podcast, ironically, podcast company, um, and basically uh, signed up for the service and Twitter took off. So we had this really wonderful, potential, high-paying customer who was having unbelievable traffic on our network, but was paying consumer-level pricing. Um, so how do you go about upgrading them uh, to pay more for a better service, admittedly, but, you know, without really upsetting them or having them go shop it around or take off. Wow. So take us through what happens. <laughs> so what happened was... Uh, I'm on the cliff. 
Yeah, I, it, it was crazy, a crazy story, actually. And, you know, they had become such a phenomenon. I mean, this was probably January of 2009. So, I mean, they had already kind of, like, hit this, like, really, like, unbelievable um, – you know, place in the media world. And, and so how do we overcome it? I mean, Brian, uh, the sales guy, Brian, who's now our director of business development, been with the company for a while. He had been at the company about three, four or five months longer than I had. Um, so he basically was like, I don't know what to do. I've emailed the guy. I call him. I, you know, I've talked to him once or twice. I've had really great dialogue with him. Seems to like us a lot, but I never can really get to that point where I want to see him upgrade. And, you know, again, both Brian and I, I think the failure here is like in our, in our hesitation to really do what we did next. And what we did next was, um, this is probably now uh, you know, 30, 60 days into me starting, um, was we got on the phone with the guy. Uh, his name is Jeremy Latras. Uh, he was the founding director of operations of Twitter. Uh, great guy, good friend of mine. And, you know, he, he basically got on the phone. And he's like, all right, guys, uh, what, what can I help you with? And our response was, uh, well, uh, you know, here, here's how much traffic you're doing on the network. It's a thousand times what you're paying for. Um, we're not going to have you pay necessarily a thousand times more, but, uh, we'd like it to be respectable. Um, you know, what do you think is fair? Here's what you should be paying. And, um, he came back right away and he says, you know what? I've been waiting to be sold to. I've been waiting for you guys to ask me to upgrade and ask me for the deal. And I've been waiting for you to do it in a fair and transparent and straightforward way. Um, here's what I'll pay you. And I said, all right, well, if we, if we'll do that, will you sign the contract today? Um, and he said, absolutely. And he did. And ever since then they've upgraded, geez, a dozen times. I don't know why we were even intimidated at the beginning. Um, they're one of our largest clients in the world and we continue to power all of the DNS for twitter.com. Wow. I love that story. I'm just going to take that in for a second. Okay. That was wonderful. Let's use that to transition now, Kyle, into the other end of the spectrum. And that's the aha moment. I mean, for you, what you just talked about was definitely an aha moment of sorts. You just saw how transparency and just how being honest and upfront with people can really bear great fruit. But take us to another time in your journey when you have had an aha moment. Because as entrepreneurs, especially in companies like yours, we're always having these moments that are propelling us to the next level, that are inspiring us to take new actions. And then share with us how you turned that moment into success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the moment that I realized I could change the negative stigma around sales as a profession, I think was my aha moment. You know, I grew up working in retail for my parents' store here in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, as I mentioned, it was a sporting goods store. And, you know, as you can imagine in retail, I don't know if you've ever worked in retail, but I mean, it's extremely consultative. People walk into the store, they're looking for something, and all you really need to do is help them find what they need and check them out. Um, and I think what I realized, you know, growing up was I never actually thought of that as sales, even though you're a clerk, a sales clerk, or whatever the heck the title is in, in retail. So, I had always grown up with a really negative, um, you know, meaning or connotation around what the sales profession was. And when I went to Bentley and majored in marketing, I wanted to work in marketing. You know, maybe I'll go work in a marketing agency or an advertising agency, um, but I didn't ever really want to go into sales. So even when I got into technology and started working for SaaS companies, software as a service companies, I really worked on more of the marketing side. I was a marketing analyst. I worked in market research. I did more lead generation activities. And when my original CEO from my old company, uh, Whipple Hill, it's a SaaS company for prep school software, approached me and said, we really love you to do sales. We think you'd be great at it. I was 100% against it because I just thought the profession had a, a bad, sleazy, slick, you know, used car salesman uh, 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 kind of stigma to it. Right. 
So it was almost like the moment I realized that I had actually been selling my whole life. You know, I was a student council president in high school, captain of my football team in high school, kind of grew up you know, around, you know, being salesy. I was the first guy having lemonade stands in my neighborhood and using my younger brothers stand by the street because they were a lot cuter than me. And (laughs) I had always been a salesman, but I almost, for whatever reason, didn't want to admit it. Um, And I think the thing that really made it come out for me the most was realizing that my mom and dad had worked so hard at their business. And it wasn't that you were selling when people walked in the doors of their retail store. It was that you're representatives of their brand. And that brand was around for years. And I mentioned my grandfather, who I named my child after Henry, but he was the president of Indian Head Shoe Factory here in Manchester, back when it was a bustling manufacturing and textile town. Indian Head Shoe Factory is now Indian Head Athletics, which is my parents' sporting goods store here. So there's this legacy of, you know, of brand and iteration and evolution over time um, that I think that aha moment really for me was when I realized that sales, marketing, brand, all that stuff was all ingrained in one. And it was all about integrity, how you act, how you approach your day. Um, and, you know, what I did from there was I accepted the offer, took a sales job and never turned back. Never turn back. And one thing that you realize the more you just delve into being a salesman is that everybody's in sales. Every single person. Like you can be a lawyer, a hairstylist, a parent. Every single day, you're in sales of one kind or another. So that stigma of that greasy car salesman is really kind of fading away, especially as we're moving into even more of a freelance society where people are just working from home or working more with their passions or just doing things on a contractual one-off basis. Sales is everywhere. And if you're not going to embrace being a salesman, then you're really going to struggle to find it in this economy. That's spot on. I mean, and even in your line of work, it's like when I think about doing stuff like this, I think, how is this relationship mutually beneficial for both sides? And I think that like rising tides mentality of, you know, are we competing? Are we collaborating? Are we all working together towards common good to all see each other have success? Also is a very different focus on sales nowadays. Um, I don't know if that's relationship selling or if it's consultative selling. I've heard it all different ways, but I think you're spot on in saying that everybody in some core is in sales. Absolutely. This interview is definitely raising both of our boats. Exactly. Kyle, have you had an I've made a moment? (laughs) Well, I I mean, that's a perfect segue, right? It's almost like we didn't just meet like 20 minutes ago. Right. You know, I think I've had several I've made it moments. You know, it's those moments when you pinch yourself and you, you know, you almost get teary eyed and you say, how the heck did I get here? Um, I have the benefit of, of being in sales. So I don't know if people have seen it, but there's a, um, there's a Sean Payton, uh, I think it's Kenny Chesney song, uh, the boys of fall. Um, have yes. you seen this YouTube? And, and Sean Payton gets in this video and he talks about how, you know, you have very few moments in your life, like a high school football game under the lights. And for people who aren't athletes out there, this might be tough to understand. But what he's basically saying is there's very few moments in your life that you get this thrill, this rush of adrenaline that's kind of hard to harness or bottle up. Um, you get it when you get married. You get it when you have your kids. You know, you get it through these different times in your life. But it's almost really difficult to get that in your professional career. And I think that's the real beauty of sales is – when you win big deals that maybe you shouldn't or really competitive deals or deals with great customers that you really wanted to win, I think you have these like I've made it moments pretty consistently where you win a bigger deal than you've ever won before, when you've a bigger name brand than you've ever won before, when you collaborate across department and bring that deal in and, and, and your product can support it. I mean, all these things for me are I've made it moments. So I honestly will never forget. I was uh, in New York City. I was probably... 
22 years old, fresh out of school. I was down there doing a, um, a lunch and learn from my old company, Whipple Hill. I was with our CEO and we were supposed to both of us were supposed to go to a sales pitch right after lunch, but the lunch was running extremely long. Um, so he decided to send me solo. Um, it was a school called St. Hilda's and St. Hughes in the um, Upper West Side. It's a K to eight. I walked into this school to pitch them a, a whole database management grading report card system for the entire school, all software as a service as a subscription model. Um, I gave the pitch. It was the first time I ever did it live and in color. Um, and at the end of the deal, at the end of the at the end of the uh, pitch in front of the group, it's probably about fifteen to twenty people in the room. Uh, the head of school walked over to me and said, "That was an excellent presentation. Um, where I want to be your next client? Can, do you have the paperwork?" And it was the only one of two deals I've ever actually got signed in person. Wow. And it was the first deal I ever won. I got signed in ink in person. I mean, I didn't have the paper with me. I had to print it on their computer. Um, but I but I brought it and I met my CEO at the airport uh, and he like couldn't believe it. But what he, what he what that allowed me to do was that was actually before I was actually in sales. And that really drove me moving more into a autonomous, more outside sales role. Um, where that company eventually moved me to California, I, I ran the West Coast region, um, selling for them for uh, three years, and you know really gave me an opportunity to advance my career um, extremely well. Uh, but I think it was that first deal that sealed it for me. And the I, wow, okay, I can do this. I, I can, you know, I can play in the I can play in the real world. What a great insight, Kyle. And I just love that visualization to go back to the Kenny Chesney being on the field. It really gave me shivers to think back to those moments that I've had when I was on the sports field or in business in general. And it's just a really powerful time. And you're right, unless you've actually been there in the business, in the sports field, whatever it has been and felt that, it's really hard to explain, but it's really impossible to bottle up. So I just love how you worded that. That was just great. So let's move into the current business right now. What is one thing that's really exciting you at Dine right now? Yeah, well, I think it's many things. Uh, I mentioned already kind of creating and reshaping the business landscape in New Hampshire and, and you know, kind of a technology entrepreneurship startup community north of Boston. Um, you know, Boston gets all the, all the limelight, um, not, not as much as Silicon Valley or San Francisco or New York or even places like Boulder or Austin or Portland, Oregon. But, you know, I think what we're trying to do in, in New Hampshire and all of New England is create a new economic landscape. And, you know, part of doing that is I always say, you know, you need that, like beacon of hope, you need that beacon of light. And, you know, what Dine's really trying to do is create a category around this internet infrastructure as a service and do it in our own unique way. Uh, you know, we bootstrapped the company uh, from 2001 up until uh, we raised a round of fund, uh, funding in October uh, for $38 million. So, you know, people don't raise Series A's 11 years in, um, and they don't do it for that much money. Uh, and we did it not because we needed the cash to grow, but because um, it, we had an opportunity to partner with a great VC firm. And, you know, some of the money was able to go uh, to, to our founders who had started the business uh, years and years and years ago. Um, and we're changing kind of their focus in their lives. So for me, I think it's really around, you know, the continued scale um, and what we're really doing um, around this community. That's just great stuff, Kyle. And it's a perfect segue to the next segment of the show, which is the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, first off, I think that defining the word is really challenging. Um, you know, I, I've never really taken the leap entirely myself into starting something right on my own. Um, 
Now, I have a startup project called One Band, One Brand at onebandonebrand.com. Uh, I'm involved in several startups like Mill 33 and Trendslide down here in New Hampshire, as well as Square One Mail out of Dartmouth and Catchpoint out in New York City. So I'm an advisor to many startups. I, I've worked in startups. I'm the guy that gets hired once they've got the idea figured out to come in and help juice the revenue and grow the business. Um, so I think it's like harder to find the exact thing. It's an entrepreneurial thing. Um, but I think the thing that holds a lot of people back is, you know, where they are in their lives and the current, you know, uh, makeup of their lives from family to financial situations to responsibilities. It makes it tricky to maybe take the leap fully. But I think I want to be a model of how to be entrepreneurial, how to be an entrepreneur and do it in a way that, um, doesn't put everything on the table and risk everything that you've already built, but that can leverage the, the background that you might have and the things you've built. Hashtag hustle. That's, yeah, I love it. Yeah. You, man, you, I can't wait to become friends. I'm coming up there for beers in a couple of weeks. <laughs> You're coming to a great town for it. What's the best business advice you ever received? Yeah. So I don't know if it's been specific advice or, or more of the principles, you know, that were instilled in me growing up. You know, I talked a lot about, you know, the kind of family business and that mindset, you know, there was some lean years and, and that wasn't exactly easy being in retail, especially in that regard as the internet came around. And you, know, you think about the big box stores around athletic gear. I mean, they're everywhere. Um, so that was very tricky. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, you know, one answer to that. The second answer is when I was in college at Bentley, I, um, you, you remember the total gym, the late night commercials, with oh, yeah. frankly, well, one of the, my college teammates father was the inventor of that, uh, the total gym. And he was from San Diego and he flew in to, um, come to a Bentley football game back to back weeks. And I had a macroeconomics class that if I brought in a guest speaker, I got a guaranteed A on one of three tests for the term. So I'm like, well, of course, I'm going to find a guest speaker. I mean, who wouldn't? So I asked the guy to come in. And what he talked about that day were, were three key words that have stuck with me in my entire career and that I passed along to every entrepreneur I've ever talked to. Um, he said the only things you need to be successful in business are honesty, passion, and persistence. And if you don't have those, then you're not an entrepreneur and you probably won't be successful in business. Uh, and, you know, I was telling that story years later to a client of mine um, from Sonoma Country Day School in Northern California. And he looked at me and he's like, you know what that is? That's just integrity. Um, it, it's if you have integrity, then you'll be able to succeed in whatever manner in which you deem successful. Uh, and I think those are a couple of things I'd like people to take away um, is it's really those core values that you have um, that will help you be successful in business. Would you say without prejudice that he was the best guest speaker brought in that semester or was there a better one? Well, what's pretty classic about it and pretty lame by my classmates is I think I'm the only one who did it. Wow. Um, foolish, right? I mean, and the thing was that she had to approve it. So like, I think people probably brought some random lame speakers and didn't have any success. But I mean, this guy was like, you know, you know, really nice physique, really good looking, you know, best buddies with, uh, you know, Chuck Norris. And this, my teacher, no, you know, no offense to her, but she wasn't exactly attractive. Um, <laughs> like a real liking to this guy. Um, I mean, it was pretty funny, the flirting going on back and forth. Uh, you know, he's playing the game and uh, I was scoring an A, so I was pretty excited about it. Oh, that is so funny. What a great visualization. I won't, I won't make sure and I will not tell you her name. <laughs> <laughs> So Kyle, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Yeah. So um, the one I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that I'm helping advise, uh, I've been helping out this startup called Trendslide. So it's at trendslide.com. 
um, helping them get off the ground. Uh, basically, it's a, it's a tool that we spun out of Dyn because it was a service that we really wanted here, but we didn't, couldn't find anything. Right. And what it does, it's like a customer lifecycle monitoring tool for business leaders on the go. So if you might want to measure your Google ad spend and correlate that to your Shopify shopping cart for revenue, or you want to take Salesforce data and overlay it, uh, you know, with, you know, deals closed or with uh, signatures or retention, you know, it's this tool that basically is integrating third party SaaS data and putting it onto your phone, giving you alerts, allowing you to collaborate with your peers. Um, and I've been using it a lot for, you know, traffic trends on our website. Uh, I've been using it a lot for Salesforce, like how many leads this month versus last month versus the month before and those types of things. So I think it's going to be a, a business app. They're, they're raising seed funding now. And I think you're going to see it pretty mainstream uh, once they get going. So Kyle, if you could recommend one book for Fire Nation, what would it be? All right. I have two. Sorry. I know I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I, they're from different times in my life. When I was in college, I had a uh, a class, an internship class. It's actually why I got my first internship. Um, and there's a book by Jeffrey Fox called Don't Send a Resume. Um, really small for you non-readers out there, but it was a book that basically was telling you how to get a job and how to be, you know, you know, print and, and, and doing that. And then one I most recently read about a year ago, you know, as I mentioned, this company has taken phenomenal shape into a huge growing company. And, you know, it's challenging at every step because it's a much different job I took years ago. And, and now we're supporting so many families here. I mean, there's over 200 employees uh, that rely on the work that we do to continue to support their lives. And there's a book by Napoleon Hill. It's extremely old. It's called Think and Grow Rich. Classic. It's a phenomenal classic uh, that I've had my entire uh, team read over a dime. Quick note, Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com, a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners. That's eofirebook.com. I'm really excited about this next question. It's the last one. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. Yeah, uh, this one's tough. This is a great question. Did you did you think of this yourself? Or? I thought of it myself. I had a couple tweaks from listeners over the past few months that have added and taken away a few things to come up with the perfection right here. And what I'm excited about, Kyle, you are with a company right now, which is a little different than most of the entrepreneurial companies that I usually talk to. So I think this is going to be a very interesting take. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? First off, I think I'd shut the computer. I'd run as far away from the internet as possible. Nice. I'd probably take the 500 bucks and invite a bunch of interesting people to dinner and drinks every night. And during the day, I'd probably run around and sell some you know, coconuts on the beach or something like that. And because at the end of the day, without a solid human network, you have nothing. It's a great start. And I mean, that's what it really comes down to, especially in these first seven days in this brand new world, you need to immerse yourself in the culture. So I love that attitude. I love where you went with that. It's great actionable advice. And Kyle, you've given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you and your business, and then we'll say goodbye. Great. Excellent. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, I just recommend people go out there and try things, leverage your networks around you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good people out there who just want to help and, and free help and free counsel and free advice is 
all over the place. Um, and we can start there. You can find me, uh, Kyle York. I'm at dine.com, dyn D-Y-N.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is at kyork2020. Uh, my email address is kyork at dyn.com. And you can find us really building a phenomenal company here in Manchester, Manch Vegas, New Hampshire. The Brimmer. I'll see you there next weekend. <laughs> well, I don't even know if I could respond to that. Phenomenal ending. <laughs> Kyle, thank you for being so generous with your time, your experience, your expertise. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Fire Nation. My first book, Podcast Launch, is now live at Amazon. In this book, I share all and have created a step-by-step process for launching your podcast. The FIRE bonus is 15 video tutorials that I included with the purchase. You join me as I walk us step-by-step through each process visually, and by the end, you will be a podcasting pro. Pick up your copy at podcastlaunch.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.